Once you take that first step in allowing clutter on one surface, the whole room starts to turn into chaos. The domino effect is just one thing that leads to another. So the good news, though, is that you can harness that, the power of that domino effect in reverse. Hello and welcome to the 30 Second Book Club podcast, a place where we've been social distancing since 2019. My name is Andy. And if you are finding some extra time at home to organize and you're just trying to figure out where do I start, what do I do, Melissa Michaels has written the Inspired Room blog. Hi, Dessa. Hi, I'm, I'm recording this podcast intro. Can I be right back? Can I, can I talk to you in just a moment? This is what happens when we work from home. Dessa, can you say hi? Hi. All right, say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Now back to your previously scheduled interview with Melissa Michaels. You talk about, you know, right at the beginning, you know, the reason you're doing this is because you, you organize your space, it's going to kind of help organize your life, right? Absolutely. Every day we make choices that contribute to the order or the disorder of our home. It's, it all comes down to the choices that we're making. So we can decide to set something down in a random location or we can put it where we want it to go. So it doesn't take a lot of time to put an item away in the correct location in the first place, but it can definitely become overwhelming to tidy the house once we put a lot of things in the wrong place. So if you're like me, that's um, where we start. We figure out where the right place is and make it a habit to put it where it belongs. So I find it's very helpful to start with just one goal. Um, I recommend that you start in your entry because that's the space where you and your guests see um, immediately when you walk into your home. So the key to letting that space um, become a more organized um, entry for you is to commit to the first simplest step. So I use this SMART goal system to help me to make progress. SMART goals are actions that are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-limited. So, for instance, you might have a specific goal to get rid of the excess pile of shoes by the entry. That would be specific because you can focus on that one item that you're going to get rid of. A measurable goal would be to pare down what you keep in the entry, such as telling everybody in the family you can only keep one pair of shoes, not 10, <laughs> in the entry. Uh, an achievable goal would be to look for a storage system where you can put the shoes so that you can keep them in the entry, but you know where they belong rather than being spread all out all over the floor. And a time-limited goal would be a timeline for the steps and completions that you want, completion of the project that you want to work on. So you might say, I'm going to spend 30 minutes in the afternoon working on the entry, and I'm going to complete the whole thing by Saturday. Melissa, now with Marie Kondo ruling all our lives, trying to simplify things, finding what really uh, brings us joy. You talk about this too, that you need to make space for the things that you love. So how do we do that? Well, let's face it. Living areas get messy if we really live there. But that's what a home is for. We should live there. We should have a fun there. Our kids should do projects. We should live our life there. Um, but living life gets messy. You know, there's going to be homework or projects on the coffee table. There's definitely going to be toys all over the floor if you have kids. There's going to be papers on the dining room table. You know, there's dirty laundry. That's just all a part part of life. Um, we need to give ourselves grace for those everyday messes that multiply multiply in in our home um, but when our tables are covered with unopened mail and counters are filled with last week's dishes or there's laundry all over the floor we we don't have room for living well today 
And if we want to really love our home, we need to have the space in, in order to do that. Yesterday's mess turns into stress. So we want to start by organizing um, our space. And to do that, we need to assess what the situation is. What is it that is causing the pileup in the first place? So do you see a lot of papers? Are you seeing a lot of books, crafts, toys? You know, what, what are the things that are piling up in your home? And then once you know what it is, you're able to set up a plan to resolve each pileup with a more practical solution. Um, I, I like to say that flat surfaces should stay as clutter-free as possible. So if you can designate time to clear the surfaces regularly, such as um, implementing a 10-minute tidy after dinner or something like that, um, you'll feel a lot less stressed. Um, and then for, for those surfaces, pull things together, such as get a tray for your magazines or a basket um, to put the remotes rather than spreading them out all over the coffee table. Uh, you can stack maybe some attractive lidded baskets in a corner, and that can stash your hobbies or projects that you're working on. So it, it looks attractive, but you still are able to use them um, conveniently. A storage item such as an ottoman or a um, lidded bench can be a convenient place to put toys. You rotate the toys out for your kids every month or every season, so they always have a new selection, but you don't have the toys spread all over the room. You can tame the chaos of wayward cords with special cord-keeping devices. I know a room can look especially messy if you have cords just everywhere, you know, strewn about the room. And with all of our electronic gadgets, you know, we tend to have phone cords and all sorts of things. So you can find special cord-keeping devices that will keep those tidier. Uh, you can free up space and eliminate stress by decluttering the things you don't need regularly in that room so that you can make room for what you do use. Most of the messes in a room are things that we aren't even using today. They're things that we've procrastinated putting away yesterday. So if you're trying to simplify your life, you might think it's all, you know, putting things in bins. But no, actually, Melissa, I love how you, you dive deep into things more than that. A way to simplify mealtimes. How do we do that? Well, if you find yourself running to the grocery store every day or maybe even several times a day because you're hungry and you don't know what to make for dinner, you might maybe you even have plenty of food in the fridge, but you just feel like you have nothing to eat. Organizing your meal planning can really save time in the day and definitely reduce the stress levels. Uh, I find it very helpful to just have a list of maybe five go-to meals that your family loves and that are really easy to prepare in a hurry without a lot of thought. Um, it's helpful to post your standard meal list inside of a cabinet door and then write out the list of items that you need in order to make that meal, such as the pantry items that you're going to need, the fresh food that you're going to need, and keep a copy in your phone or with your shopping list. And that week, and then every week you can assess what you have from the list and what you need to replenish so that when you go shopping, you always have what you need in order to prepare at least five meals for your family. That way, when you're too tired or you're too busy to get creative or to think of something new, you know you always have those five standard meal options on hand. And I, I love this, Melissa, that, that you, you, as you're, you're in one of the suggestions from this is too about you know, if you chop and prep your week's veggies on Sunday afternoon, you'll save time and also eat more vegetables and less junk. It, it, I saw this, this happen to me this week. I bought a watermelon. And then my wife yesterday went to the store again and bought cut up watermelon, you know, that was cut up at the deli, which is like three times more expensive. And we had the cut watermelon at home. 
So I can relate to that. It's like the vegetables are there. They never get chopped up. It's like if you just take that step to chop them up and put them in like a, a Tupperware bin, people are going to grab and go. It's so much easier. Yeah, it's so much easier to, to grab your bag of broccoli and set it out on the table or to take it with you on the go than it is to, you know, look at that giant head of broccoli and think, oh, I'd have to wash it and then chop it. And then you just grab the bag of chips instead. So <laughs> definitely, it's definitely more, orga- more organized, but it also will help you to eat uh, much healthier. You talk about the domino effect when it comes to organizing. What is that? Well, if you deal with clutter around your house, you've probably experienced it. Once you take that first step in allowing clutter on one surface, the whole room starts to turn into chaos. You know, pretty soon you've got dishes on the counter and then you've got a mess on the floor and then the, the mess multiplies, you know, throughout the whole house. So the domino effect is just one thing that leads to another. So the good news, though, is that you can harness that, the power of that domino effect in reverse by taking uh, the first step towards cleanliness and order in a room. So once you knock down that first domino by cleaning or decluttering a surface, it really becomes easier and more motivating in order to do the next thing. So you start to see the rewards of your efforts and then the success multiplies. So for instance, if you want to tidy your bedroom, you can choose one task and then it will be much easier to keep the momentum going around the room. Um, I like to start with either removing as many items as I can from the room so that it creates a more peaceful space. Or you can start with something like making your bed in the morning. Making the bed sets the tone for the rest of the room, and it really sets the tone for the rest of the day. You know, you have one accomplishment that is um, that motivates you the rest of the day to keep things tidy and organized. From there, you can wash your sheets, do pillowcases and blankets regularly so that the room is clean and fresh. You can clear off nightstands um, and only put back what is attractive to you. Vacuum your carpet, your rugs, sweep the hardwood floors, clean under the bed, dust all the surfaces, the baseboards, lamps, shades, uh, windowsills. You could polish up your accessories, put away the laundry. But when you look at that whole list at once, it feels pretty overwhelming. Uh, but each one by itself can lead to the next step. So that is what the domino effect is all about. Melissa, I know that I'm not the only parent thinking, well, your ideas and simple, this book called Simple Organizing are great, but what about if you've got kids? I've got a 12-year-old, I've got a 7-year-old and an 18-month-old. And it's, let's just say, there's not a lot of organizing and tidy, cleanliness that happens between all of them. <laughs> Yes, I've been there. My youngest is 18 now, so we have been through every possible stage. And it's so important to teach children to live responsibly and be satisfied with what they have rather than always wanting more or new or better things. So I always found that if you can help kids to establish early habits, you build lifelong skills for staying organized. But beyond that, you're really teaching them to value the things that they have and to take care of what they have. So some suggestions that I found that worked well for us um, are to keep the basic shell of their room just tasteful, neutral, timeless. Your kids' tastes and favorites are going to change all the time. You know, whenever the, the latest movie comes out, they're going to have a new, a new favorite. But trying to constantly change the entire room to keep up with the latest trends is just so expensive and time-consuming, and it can really set up a spirit of discontentment with what they have. So nutshell timeless makes it really easy for you to just do minor updates 
to the room that will transform their space as their tastes evolve. So you can change things like their pillowcases, the artwork in the frames, magnetic boards, help them to express their personality. And then you can set up simple organizing systems that children can use. Uh, I like container systems with lids that can help them to organize their toys. Um, But you want to divide the toys up into categories that are really practical, such as action heroes, tea party dishes, toy cars, whatever it is that they they really love. Um, But make it really simple for them to, to know how to organize it. If you label each bin... Um, with the category. And if they're too young to read, I used to cut out just pictures of what the toys are and then put that on the bin so that the kids can learn to easily clean up after themselves at the end of the day. Um, We also love to set up imaginative areas around the room, such as a doll area, a Lego area, a reading nook, a coloring area. That way things don't get, you know, mixed up. You don't get the Legos mixed up with the dolls and really inspires them to want to be more imaginative in their play. Um, You want to use a toy box for dress-up or costumes. Don't use it for small toys or they're just going to get lost in the bottom. And then rotate toys so they can enjoy what they have. Less stuff might sound like less fun to the kids, but in reality, they really appreciate um, each might. Each item a lot more when they aren't overwhelmed or distracted by so much. When you've got family members go in every single direction, even in the summer. I've got kids that are different sports. They've got swim lessons, tutoring. I mean, you've got to bring it all together with the family command center. I have not been successful with this, but maybe uh, maybe I just needed your expert organizing advice. How do we do it? Oh, yes. I have been there. I have sent my kids to school with bedheads on picture day, and I have missed orthodontics appointments and I've sent my kids uh, to school or I've forgotten to pick them up on half days. So, you know, the more kids you have, the more um, chaotic it tends to be, especially once they get into school or those summer activities, like you mentioned. So setting up a family command center in your home can really help you to keep your sanity and and feel a little bit more organized. Um, But I I find that the secret to using a command center effectively is to only use it for items that are really current and relevant. So use it for papers that are um, relative to the week, the school calendar, the party invitations, you know, those parent letters that get sent home from school, um, your weekly to-do list, um, or the sport or activity schedules. And then you want to make sure every week to go through and clear it out. Otherwise, you'll have party invitations from a month ago and, and you'll just end up not using it. So the, the current and relevant items are what you want to keep on a board. Um, I use a whiteboard, which is a, a wipe, like chalk, you use a chalk pen that you can wipe off. Um, but you can also use a cork bulletin board or even a clipboard. Um, affixed to the wall, anything like that is going to work to hold your current items. And then you want to make it personal too, because I feel like if it gets to be too business, you tend to just walk past it and you don't even want to look at it because you're so overwhelmed. So I find that adding something that um, inspires your family, like maybe a family Bible verse for the week or an inspirational quote that you want your family to remember can help you to want to use that um, organizational system on a regular basis. Encourage somebody who doesn't even know, I mean, what, what, what's the first thing someone could do that takes five minutes that, that would start them on an organizing journey if, if they don't even know 
what step one is. Clear your dining room table. I feel like if you start with a surface that's just in the hub of your home and it is the one that tends to get the most filled with clutter in your whole, if you feel like your whole room or your whole home is just completely overwhelming, you know, go into the dining room and just clear that table off. Maybe um, put some candles in the middle and, and set it up for dinner tonight. And I think you'll feel more inspired for the rest of the house. There's one thing that there's probably more of in the world than uh, ever is fear. And so next week on the 30 Second Book Club podcast, we'll be talking with Jennifer Allwood, who wrote a book called Fear Is Not the Boss of You, How to Get Out of Your Head and Live the Life You Were Made For.